Hey, welcome back to A Mission Focused Life. My name is Tanner Payton. I'm the pastor of Word of Life Church here in Rock Island, Illinois. With me is the one, the only, Tim Olofsson, director of Another Child Foundation and the Mission Network. Tim, how are you? Hey, it is good to be with you again. I think we're getting up to about our 26th or 27th episode. So, wow. Yeah, so we've been doing this for a while, so I think we're finally getting a good rhythm. So good. it's good to be with you again. Yeah, we're going to beat the Simpsons. Gonna, I don't know about that. No, no, not for 33 more years. All right. Well, well, hey, today uh, we're going to we are going to focus in our discussion on the mission focused life by talking about a passage of scripture. Okay. And where we're going to turn is Acts chapter three. So my favorite translation is the NLT. I don't care which version you use, but just use one. Read the Bible every day. That's what's important. That's right. But I read out of the NLT just because I think it's a very smooth reading translation. And uh, I'm going to do a little bit of a backdrop here. So two of the disciples, Peter and John, they're just going about their every day. And part of their every day was to go to the temple to pray. So the Jews would go at 9 a.m. They would also go at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. And this was just their habit. This was just how they lived their lives. So my reason for sharing this story is because I think that it does a really good job of illustrating that we are living on mission every single day, no matter where we are, even in the middle of the routine of our daily lives. We need to be prepared and ready for whatever situation, any opportunity the Lord presents to us to share Jesus. Yeah. All right. So um, it says in verse one here that Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. It's a pretty amazing story. It is. I love it. It is. But what it speaks to me is here you have two disciples. And most of the time when we're reading about them, they're doing something amazing, mm -hmm. right? They're in the middle of a, a huge situation. Well, this is kind of a mundane thing. Yeah. They're just walking through the streets of Jerusalem. This is their everyday normal habit, routine. They're walking up to the temple. They're going to pray. Now, that's a nice thing. It's an important mm -hmm. thing. But, you know, a lot of us go to church every single Sunday, and we wouldn't necessarily consider uh, driving to church with our family to be this earth-shattering opportunity. Yeah. But they meet this man. But the, but the important thing to me about this guy is this is probably not the first time they've seen him. In fact, it says that every single day he gets laid in the same spot to beg. So how many dozens, hundreds of times have these disciples walked by the same man? Mm -hmm. So what that says to me is, we have to be very careful not to get lulled into a state of apathy or lethargy just by going through our routines every day. Mm -hmm. Because we never know when God's going to take something ordinary and make it an opportunity for extraordinary. Yeah. yeah. So many times I, I love routine. I mean, when, Me too. whenever I get out of my routine, I kind of panic a little bit. So I love routine. But one of the things about routine, it can cause you to be inflexible. 
because yeah. they could have very easily, and may have they've done this a number of times before that, is that well we're going to the we're going to the temple. It's yeah. almost three o'clock. We need to get to the temple. So they didn't. It takes out this uh, ability to be uh, reactive right to the yeah. moment at the time. So routines are good. I think you can you get more accomplished when you have a good routine, but it takes away that uh, ability to act instantaneously yeah. to do those things. I'm with you 100%. In fact, I believe when they did a, a study of the top Fortune 500 company CEOs that all of them have a daily routine that they mm -hmm. follow, that the most successful people in life have a routine, but there has to be room for flexibility. I used to work at an outreach facility. We've talked about this before, the Oasis in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And one of our directors, her name is Judy Radicke, almost every single day she would find an opportunity to say, blessed are the flexible, for they never get bent out of shape. And that stuck with me for almost 20 years because it's such a true statement. Yeah. I, uh, I took a StrengthsFinder test uh, a couple of months ago, the StrengthsFinder 2.0, and they give you 34 strength attributes. And my top five were all um, pretty much geared around like learning things okay. like that just because I'm I love to learn I love to engage information number 34 on my list the very bottom was adaptability <laughs> and uh, as they were reading it off my wife sitting there shaking her head yes like yeah that's him all the way yeah. I'm just I'm not somebody that loves to be adaptable but I do try to become flexible especially when a Holy Spirit led opportunity presents itself yeah I think I'm very much the same way I, I love so my, if I would have took that test, I would have been organized. You know, I, everything I do is, is, is organized. I mean, I, I make lists of lists I have to make. I mean, that's just kind of the guy I am. Uh, but what I've learned is the more I walk this mission-focused life, it teaches you to, when you're seeking God's will, these opportunities are going to become more available. You're going to see, you're going to be called to be more flexible. Sure. And, and if you're in that connection, that relationship, seeking God's will, those opportunities are going to open up more and more. And you're going to see, you know, we've talked about that going on mission trips and you see the world differently. You, the goal is to see the world as Jesus sees the world. And so these people all of a sudden become like the, like the person who was born lame, uh, become more apparent to you. They're, yeah. Because I think just like a, at our church, we have a, a box that sits there for food pantry. And it sits there every day. It's always there. It becomes invisible after yeah. a certain amount of time. So I think that's what happens to some people in our lives is they, they become invisible because they're just there every day. And uh, so when something new comes upon your vision, then your, your eyes are drawing attention to it. Um, Man, so, I, yeah. that's, that's a powerful way of, of understanding this situation that we have to be careful that people don't become invisible to us mm -hmm. just because we're going through our routine, just because we have that ritual that we don't allow people to become invisible. Yeah. I mean, you think about just, you know, if you stop in and get a coffee every morning at the same coffee shop and that same waitress or person is waiting on you every day, well, you should be developing a relationship with them yeah. and just expecting them to serve you your normal coffee when you, you come in. Yeah, absolutely. So. Well, and, you know, something can be said here, too. I'm, I'm sure that James and or I'm sorry, that Peter and John were used to were used to this guy asking them for money. And and that can get draining when you run across the same type of people over and over yeah. and all they ever want is something from you. 
it can cause you to kind of go on auto tune out mode, right? Yeah. To where you're just not hearing them. But for some reason, well, we know what the reason, it was the Holy Spirit. And I think that's the defining difference between someone that's living a, a spirit-led life and someone that's just going through the motions, is hearing the Holy Spirit, is actively listening for the voice of the Spirit. And I think to live a mission-focused life, we have to wake up every morning, and part of our prayer as we get out of bed is, okay, Jesus, this day is about you. I want to do it your way. Would you please lead me into the opportunities that you have for me today and help me to be aware of them? Help me not to, to take them for granted. Help me to be focused so I can pay attention and see the people that you want me to speak into their lives. Yeah, because the other thing I got out of the second time you kind of read that is, you know, I don't have gold and silver to offer you, but this is what I do have. Yeah. So taking an inventory of what we have to offer people at different circumstances, different people throughout the day, it may be different for different yeah. people. One time it's just giving your time attention and listening ear to a person who might be having a trouble uh, in your life. And next time it might be donating, you know, food to the homeless person that you see on that street corner uh, each morning. Uh, so I think it depends. But uh, having different things to offer people, I think, is, yeah. is something we all need to do. Well, and I think some people might read this story and takes, take the wrong thing away. And here's what I mean. So when they read uh, this last part of verse 6, I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. They'll say, yeah, I mean, they didn't, they didn't have money to give him, but they gave him the ability to walk, which is even greater. Well, that's not actually what they gave this man. What they gave this man was an encounter with Jesus. In this particular instance, it just happened to be his physical healing, which mm -hmm. was a really great thing. But the most important thing that we can give anyone is an encounter, is an experience with yeah. the love of Jesus. And that can happen whether it be a miraculous healing or an act of service or like you said, just somebody that's willing to listen and pray and encourage. But when we can get people connected to the name of Jesus, that's what they need more than anything yeah. else. That's very good. I love that word encounter because we do a lot of humanitarian aid distribution through Another Child Foundation. And what I've been telling people, and you kind of added a new layer to this, is typically meeting people's physical needs first is sometimes good because mm -hmm. for a child in Romania to understand that there's a God that loves them when there's nothing in their life that indicates that, sometimes giving them a pair of shoes that they can wear it opens that door yeah. to hope and to some of those things. Uh, so I've always kind of separated them. It's give them the physical needs first and then the gospel later because that's what they need. They need that hope of the gospel. But I like this word encounter that you use because what we need to give them is an encounter. Of course, the tools are still, uh, the, the shoes are still a tool we use to bring them hope, but it's the encounter. It's that transition from this physical item to the good news. It's the encounter. That's, that's where God works. Because, yeah. you know, we can only be his hands and feet. He's the one that transforms. So I love that idea. That's, that adds a new layer of, understanding for me about the purpose of delivering humanitarian aid and the need for that along with the gospel, but it's giving them this encounter. Yeah. I like that. Well, it's giving them that physical representation of Jesus. We literally become the hands and feet, the face, the smile, the arms of Jesus when mm -hmm. we are able to do those things. Yeah. So a little bit later, um, Peter's kind of uh, now in a little bit of an argument about what has happened with this guy in verse 16. And this, to me, summarizes 
the mission-focused life focus of this passage. Peter says, through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Mm. So what this man experienced through this encounter was faith in the name of Jesus. One of the things that I've been teaching my church recently is that the definition of faith, when you boil it down, I think I shared this last Mm -hmm. week, is absolute trust in the goodness of God. Absolute trust in the goodness of God. Once I've established that God is good, that he loves me, and that no matter what I'm facing, that he's working on my behalf, now I can believe him for bigger things, and it allows me to have faith, to begin to trust for the miraculous, to begin to trust for big things that happen. But none of that can occur until I've believed that he is good and he loves me. Well, here they have encountered this man, and now he has had faith in the name of Jesus. We need to bring the name of Jesus into contact with people everywhere we go. And yet, that name, we shy away from it. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we call ourselves one nation under God. Well, I'm glad that we still have the name God in that, but, but that can be pretty watered down. God can mean a lot of things to yeah. a lot of people. But if we were walking around and say, well, no, we're one nation under Jesus, people like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You know, we tend to pull back with the name of Jesus. We'll use Lord, we'll use God, we'll use um, Savior, we'll use all kinds of mm-hmm. things. But we shy away from the name Jesus yeah. when that's the most powerful name in existence. And I think that's what we need to realize. That's what this mission-focused life is all about, is to bring people into contact with the name of Jesus, because there's power there. Yeah. Now, when when they told this guy to get up from his mat and walk, did they say in the name of Jesus, or did they just, they knew they had the power of Jesus, and they just did that? So did the guy realize that they were doing it in Jesus' name, or were they doing it, or did they know that they were disciples of Jesus. Um, yeah, because remember he said in verse six, I'll give you what I have in the name no. of Jesus. Get up and walk. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no doubt there that it's only through the name of Jesus that this occurred. Yeah. And his faith didn't happen because of his faith. He was able to walk. That didn't really happen until he really trusted them that yeah. through the, his, through their words that he could potentially get no. up and walk. And then when he did that, that's when his faith come into right. fruition. Well, and I think the reality of it is here, the, the, the faith that healed him was not his own. It was the faith of the disciples. Yes. And then yeah. he reacted because of what happened to him because of their faith. Yeah. And that shows us something too, is that as we're engaging with people, as we are ministering to people, we don't have to rely on their faith for, for God to move. God will respond to our faith on their behalf and that will inspire faith on their behalf as yeah. well. And that gets back to what you were saying about using the name of Jesus and yeah. not using this even small G God or uh, creator, savior. Yeah. The, the name of Jesus is, is the most powerful name we can, we can announce. Yeah. And uh, so it is our faith that we get, we got to trust that through Jesus, that we have that same power that that Jesus has. We have that same power within us. And if we trust that he will use that, we can, you know, we can, you know, we can't heal people, but through our faith, we can do some very similar things. Well, and you know, you mentioned humanitarian aid. I, I think one of the greatest failings going on right now in our culture is that a lot of the Christian nonprofits 
man, they do a great job of distributing um, aid and, and getting physical resources out there. Mm-hmm. But how many of them are actually doing it in the name of Jesus? Yeah. They may know that they're doing it, but they're neglecting speaking that and making it a part of yeah. the mission that they're fulfilling. Yeah. And I wonder how much of an impact could we make if, you know, when we were given out a cup of cold water, Jesus said, if you give even one of these a cup of cold water in my name, but he said that again there, in my name. Yeah. So I think, again, that's part of the focus is we've got to get back to the place where we're willing to use the name of Jesus in connection with what we're doing. Here in a couple of weeks, we have a, uh, an event here in the Quad Cities at Lincoln Park in Rock Island. And we're calling it um, Faith and Unity or I'm sorry, Freedom and Unity Celebration. And what this event is, is it's really a celebration to, to uh, focus in on Juneteenth. And which is a which is something that I'll be honest, I didn't know a lot about growing up, but I'm becoming aware of and I'm realizing the importance of this in our history, that it's yeah. something that we need to to celebrate and make a big deal out of. But that event, that's something that um, I've been talking about with our team. We have to do this in the name of Jesus. Yeah. We're not doing it in the name of Word of Life Church. We're not doing it in the name of Pastor Tanner or whatever, whoever's out there. We're doing this because of Jesus. Yeah. And I have to admit, it's almost humbling to admit this because that's when Another Child Foundation started. We were not hesitant to mention Jesus, but we weren't, we weren't doing it in Jesus' name. We, sure. I don't know, it's kind of hard. We knew we were, but we weren't proclaiming it yeah. like that. So the kids were getting a pair of shoes and they know they were coming from a Christian organization, but I don't think we did a good enough job. And we were actually challenged by a pastor here in the Quad Cities to uh, to do that more readily. Yeah. And then that opened my eyes because there is a fine line between sure. just giving humanitarian aid and doing discipleship. Yeah. And you can do both at the same time. But so that really opened my eyes. Not that we were intentionally doing anything, but we weren't being as bold as we needed yeah. to be in Jesus' name. Because that's where the power comes from. Yep. If we want this pair of shoes to bring hope to a child, we just can't hope that happens. We need to proclaim it in Jesus' name. Absolutely. Well, hey, this has been a great conversation. Thanks so much for chatting with me today. I I hope for those that are are watching today that this has been beneficial. If uh, you heard something today that spoke to you, just want to encourage you to share this with your friends on Facebook so they can join in and be a part of it as well. Tim, we're going to come back uh, hopefully again sometime soon and have another good conversation. We will, of course. Yep. And uh, until then, Let's keep living on mission. Let's keep our focus on Jesus and let's do it in his name. Bless you guys. Amen.